This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Wizard Breakaway is brought to you by you, the listeners. No, seriously, actually, this one is. Uh, today, we relaunched our Patreon. And surprise, it's going to be relaunched. We talked about it before interview with Matt Spenley. You get all the details, but you can go to patreon.com slash Breakaway today. Support the podcast. It would mean the world to us if you've liked what we've done over the past year, podcasting through a pandemic, doing two episodes a week without any hockey, all the content we bring to you on Twitter and everywhere else. If you'd like that, go to patreon.com slash breakaway and support the podcast today. It means the world to us. With that being said, here's the podcast. Interesting losses this weekend. Just so weird, the day games. We have our friend Matt Spenley from SNY on. We talk uh, media, of course, and a bunch of other stuff, and I guess some Mets at, at some point. Friend of the Mew Trade, a bunch of other stuff. Here is Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Hey, Bushwick Break fans, welcome to the week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of The Athletic, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Was that specifically Mad Dog Russo you were trying to do right now? No, how'd I do, though? Not uh, bad? I mean, you got the annoying part down. Perfect. Michael, Michael. <laughs> dog, dog, listen. Oh, legendary, legendary uh, broadcasters in, in their own right. Anyway, how are you, Greg? I'm good. I, I I actually I had a good Monday today. Uh, I know that's rare. Rare for rare in and Ranger parts. Ranger uh, of 2020. I, know. I, I, I was having a good Monday today because I found a loophole in the New York State vaccination system where <laughs> okay apparently, <laughs> apparently apparently the state considers me fat enough to get oh the BMI boys the vaccine yes but then as soon as I realized that i was fat enough to get the vaccine cuomo was like by the way by the way if you're if you're 30 or older you can now get it so he made me admit to being fat Mm -hmm. and then said i just wanted you to admit it now everyone can get it and i take that a little personally but you know what gotta tell you i'm very i've never been more excited for an essential essentially a doctor's appointment in my entire is this the first time in blue shirts breakaway history where where the man rocket cannot get it Ha. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, we don't know. Are we sure he lives in New York? Mm-hmm. If he lived in Connecticut, he could definitely get it. That's true. In more ways than one. Yep, that's true too. All right, a lot has happened over the weekend in uh, in in Ranger Town, of which we cover. There oh. were two games. Uh, the Rangers are making oh. a playoff push, as you know, Gregory. A playoff push that we do not believe in, truly. But the Bruins uh, ended up winning against Buffalo, despite Buffalo being up late. And the Rangers spent the weekend playing the Flyers. 
of which they absolutely destroyed the last two times they met them. And these were both afternoon games, so we know how these were going to go in general, didn't we? They lost 2-1 to the the Flyers, and then they lost 5-4 to the Capitals in what was maybe the weirdest game I've ever watched. Just... Well, that that feels a little dramatic. Okay, I'm being I'm being I'm being dramatic in this situation, but I I will say this: as I was watching the game, it even the comeback itself didn't get me excited. I was more of like, "Why are you doing this to me? I don't understand." You're I know you're going to disappoint me. Lafreniere scores; it goes to five three. I know Keith lets in a, a pretty rough goal. Uh, maybe I'll get a text about this, but I know Keith lets in a pretty rough goal. <laughs> For goal five, and I, I, I uh, as his client, and as he, him being my client, and as his agent, I did, I did do a lot of you know uh, politicking to get him to play that day. But it was a rough situation where the whole like the first two periods, Rangers didn't play. They just didn't even show up. Then all of a sudden in the third period, the Rangers go absolutely bonkers wild to try and come back and make this thing a game, and it's just too late. Ovechkin is just too deadly, and I don't know. The whole vibe was off. NBC was a disaster. Gregory, the entire it was au- bad. It audio was, was awful. The, oh my god. The, it was something happened. The first two periods, I saw you chirping about it. Awful. And I know you're a bit of an audiophile. I am. So you pick up on things that I don't pick up on. Something happened in the third period where it was unlistenable. It, it, it almost felt like they took away the – they replaced the low hum of the fake crowd noise with just an actual low hum that wouldn't react to anything that was happening – in the gameplay, I'm not saying it took me out of the game, but it got to a point where it was so noticeable that it was a little distracting. It, I don't know, it, it you know, NBC, they, NBC confuses me to no end. I, I, I don't understand it because, again, as you know, Ryan, as, as our listeners know, big soccer guy. Huge. I, I will speak highly always of NBC's soccer coverage. It is phenomenal. It is some of the best sports coverage any network does in the United States. It's on par with ESPN's college football broadcast. It's on par with either of the NFL broadcasts from CBS or Fox. It's it, it truly incredible work that they do with soccer. It has expanded the game of the Premier League in the United States more than anything else over the last five years. They just don't give a shit about the NHL. I, I, I really, I wish I could sit here and say that this is just me being hypercritical. Oh, dude, they mailed something that I. They love. mailed it in that broadcast. Like the Mika's advantage. You have to but understand. Ryan, that's the thing. They, they, is that broadcast different from any other Ranger game that we've watched on NBC this year? Oh, it's been bad, but this this one felt like really tough. Like. Yeah. Ooh, I know I'm saying like a lot here because that's how frustrated I am. Mika Zabinijad, they took a picture of him where he was blurry and his eyes were rolled back into his head. And they were like, look how good Mika is. I was like, what is happening? What are we doing? Well, they also – they Brian Boucher took me out of it when he did a 10-minute monologue on why Tom Wilson is just misunderstood. Oh, my God. Come on, guys. Like this – again, I'm, I'm falling for the like train too, and I, I apologize for it. But the Tom Wilson shit frustrates me so much because – as we've said on this podcast and as I've, we've said on Twitter and as we've said Everywhere? to regular people on the street, people that don't even watch hockey, I just walk up to people and talk to them about Tom Wilson. He's actually really good. He's a really good hockey player. When Brian Boucher says that 30 other NHL teams would want Tom Wilson, it's true. Not because of his dirty antics. It's because he is because he's good a power forward in a league that doesn't have a lot of power forwards built like Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson doesn't have to deliver the dirty hit to be really good. That's what makes 
it even more frustrating that Tom Wilson is a dirty piece of shit. He doesn't <laughs> need to be. He could just be a really good hockey player. He doesn't have to do the cheap hit along the board. Interesting that NBC, by the way, failed to mention they showed the hit on Brandon Carlo, but they didn't mention that Brandon Carlo hasn't played a single hockey game since that hit. They just mentioned that, well, it was a seven-game suspension. We don't know. I think this is the one that he'll learn from. You don't have to apologize for Tom Wilson. That's not your job. What are you doing? And then Phil DiGiuseppe has a meaningless hit in the second period, and you're going to ask the question, was that one dirty? Stop it. What are we doing? Well, all right. So let's go through the games of the weekend, and then we'll talk about Brandon Lemieux. Or do you want to just get Lemieux out of the way right now? Let's do that, actually. Uh, let's get him out of the way right now. Let's just knock it out, because it shouldn't be that long of a conversation. No, and, you know, thankful for the, what Lemieux did for the Rangers, which was fight and draw penalties. Uh, we've been pretty critical of Lemieux on this podcast, I think, for a very long time. Uh, uh, where We've been hot and cold. I, I do think we gave him praise, saying the one thing we've consistently said is in order for you to be a good fourth line center, you have to do one thing incredibly That's well. That's true. And he did. And, and Brendan Lemieux did one thing incredibly well. He drew a lot of penalties. He did that. That, that is a skill. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's just coincidence. He wasn't as skilled at it this year. And quite honestly, it's not that he was overpaid. I, I, I think his contract is plenty fair. I, I think that's what the NHL would pay someone of Brandon Lemieux's caliber and characteristics. But to me, you find the Rangers found Colin Blackwell and Kevin Rooney this year in free agency. They can find guys like that every year in free agency. That's why I just don't commit to fourth liners. That's it, a, that's it doesn't the thing. make any like, sense. Colin Blackwell can shoot and play PK. Like that's a big deal. He, yeah, Colin Phil Giuseppe, per, another guy the Rangers picked up off the scrap heap last year and passed through waivers a couple times. These guys are I, – I don't believe in the notion that the New York Rangers need a fighter. I don't, I don't think that means anything. I don't think someone plays the New York Rangers. They're not afraid of Brendan Lemieux. He doesn't strike fear into the opponent. The people that were complaining that the Rangers lost a lot of grit because of Brendan Lemieux – are you just willfully ignoring what Ryan Lindgren? He's right like, there. Does he not exist. You know who's way He's more right scary than than the Brent Lemieux? Like Brent Lemieux is annoying. He's a pest. He will absolutely make you make make mistakes because you're angry at him. Ryan Lindgren is intimidating. Legitimately, he is always bleeding. Like it's something he's constantly doing. That's a guy who doesn't care. He will fight you, and he won't give. He will destroy you, and he won't. When you're tapping out, it's not over for him. It's just beginning. Brendan Lemieux is just an antagonistic player. He's going to get under your skin in other ways, and that's not. We're not. I'm not really going to miss that that defense or that fighting or that grit from Brendan Lemieux. I'd rather have the the skating ability that that Rooney or Blackwell bring. Yeah, and Jacob Truba will step up for his teammates and let you know oh, if for you sure. fucked up. Chris Kreider will step up for his teammates and let you know if you fucked up. Artemi Panarin, Pavel Buchnevich will step up and let you know if you fucked up. Uh, Brad, Brad Marchand. Especially, uh, specifically? Yep. Yeah, and honestly, if you told me before the season the New York Rangers could trade Brendan Lemieux for a fourth-round draft pick, we would have asked what took so long. Yeah, the fourth is, is pretty good. I think that's fair value. I'm surprised they got a fourth, to be honest with you. They, they got the Kings fourth, too, which could be a fairly decent fourth-round draft pick. I forgot, too, that the Rangers have the Sabres' third-round draft pick, so the Rangers essentially have another top 65 draft pick in this year's draft because of Jimmy VC of all people. Yeah, it's not um, like it's a great draft from all of our friends, but that's okay. It's still another asset. Maybe we'll trade it back to Buffalo. Asset. Yeah, maybe we'll yeah. trade it back to them. <laughs> yeah, maybe for for something. Yeah, something. Oh my god. Did you see did you see the uh 
friend of the show, Immortal Lou, did you see his poll today? Ugh. Would you trade Niels Lundqvist straight up for Jack Eichel? Can we and not you do saw this? That it was more than ten percent. I can't believe we're getting no. a segment for Lou on the show, but yeah, here we are. Uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> well, that that's like what Stat Boy Steven that went out there was like, are you? Would, would you, you? Would you? Would you take Capocacco being the Mark top Stone? Three winger like, yeah, in the dude, NHL? I would. Like that's. <laughs> What are you talking about? Of course I would. Like, would you take if Capocaca was like seventy five percent of Mark Stone? I'd be jumping up and down off the sidewalk every single morning making my eggs. Don't doesn't even make sense, but that's how crazy it would be. Like Mark Stone is unbelievable. He's a top ten winger in the NHL. If Capocaca ever even comes close to that, I'm gonna go Mark, absolutely Mark Stone, banana land. Mark Stone might win the heart one year. Yes, he's that good. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, <laughs> this, my, my rebuttal, rebuttal to this was, yeah, if Alexi Lafreniere is, is Patrick Kane, are you happy? Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> duh, of course I am. Oh, such a silly hey, Filipino is Jonathan Taves, are you satisfied? Yes, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, if they're great players, I'm going to be pumped. It's been, a, it's been a rough year for Ranger, the rough two years for ra- top Ranger draft picks, no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I just, the... the I, I understand we got down this rabbit hole because we were talking about Brendan the Mew and how he got a fourth round draft pick, which by the way, if the Rangers ever want Nick Holden back, that's really all it would cost. Not that I ever want Nick Holden back. I'm just saying you can actually get guys that teams like for fourth round draft picks. Those assets do mean something at the end of the, you could have gotten hell. You could have gotten half of Eric Stahl for a fourth round draft pick this year, for sure. That's true. Um, yeah, the, the, the Lundquist stuff. The, the Lundquist stuff is just—it's Neil's Lundquist is great. He's wonderful. He's an yeah. amazing prospect. He's not Jack Eichel. I'm sorry. Like I, you know, it doesn't matter how bad Jack Jack Eichel could be. A total, he could walk into the the locker room every single day, pull down his pants, and poop on the middle of the floor. <laughs> and that's how bad he could be, and it would still be Jack Eichel by a long shot. It doesn't matter. Yeah, for for every Neil's Lundquist that we're super excited about and super sure that he's going to be a good thing, there's a Matt Gilroy. That turned out to be an absolute bum. Yeah. So it, it's, it's not his fault. He's still a prospect. It's still a mystery box. And the Rangers have a chance to get a boat. And you're hoping the mystery box becomes a boat. Get the goddamn boat. Get it. It's, this isn't that hard. This is this is the exact reason why I why we get on this podcast and yell about offer sheets every two days. It's also why we get on this podcast, Ryan. I hope you're sitting down for this one. Did you know? Oh, Hold on. The Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay I, Lightning are fucking cheating. Do you, think, cheating. I, you think I should have a drop for this? For this segment? <laughs> like, woo, woo. I think they're so. Cheating. Yeah, the they're, Tampa Bay Lightning are cheating. Elliot Friedman had the balls today, Ryan. The balls to write in his 31 thoughts that the Tampa Bay Lightning, if they could make the money work, were thinking about trading for, uh, I think it was Mark Savard of Columbus. If, Col- if <laughs> Lightning could make the money work, and what else are they going to do? Is Steve Stamkos all of a sudden get like his gallbladder removed? I don't. That sounds ridiculous to me. They cheat. They they're, cheat. They're actively cheating. And no one and you're cares. Gonna, you're gonna you're gonna sit there, Mister Insider Man, and tell me that the Lightning are going to be able to find money to add someone else. Who who's going to fake an injury this time? Is Vasilevsky just going to go on vacation? Is he is he going to pull a Kyrie and just have a two week birthday celebration? He's been incredible, by the way. But yeah, it's uh they are cheating. That's true. All right, let's uh, let's review the re- the rest of the weekend's games. So, Flyer game o- over the weekend. Listen. Oh, if- by the way, the uh, Elaine Vigneault's Philadelphia Flyers are losing two nothing to the Buffalo Sabers in the second period. I love that so much. Uh, if if AV didn't win this game against the Rangers, he was likely fired. I or, no, I still don't think so. You maybe maybe you're right, but it just, he was definitely he had to win that game, and the Flyers were the better team versus the Rangers on Saturday. There's no doubt about it. Rangers. Looked 
mediocre at best. Adam Fox continues. They just they they can't play in day games. It's just not I, a thing. I, I don't know what it is. I wish I wish I had some chart or insight into I saw why some people Rangers saying there's stink. like they they're okay in day games and all this stuff but I I you know I'm going to pull this I can't believe I'm pulling this one right now Greg so sit down oh boy. You, you sit down this time um I is watched it, is it Nikita Kucherov No I watched the games and What? No that can't be. I, I know I do watch the games. And every single afternoon game the tone of the team the motivate not the motivation but like the way they move everything they just it looks off every single time and I'm not you know Quinn obviously came back for the the Washington game and the Rangers fought back, and if the Rangers lost four nothing like you predicted, I'm sure that the, the oh. Quinn takes would have been off the absolute bonkers they, wall they're, here. They're but. they're already cooking, bro. They they we were marinating in some in some fancy sauce, and then Colin Blackwell had the just the the gall, the, the audacity, to ruin our parade. Yeah, the audacity. The uh, you know, on his birthday to score two goals and bring the Rangers back into it. Yeah, I mean, people still got their takes off though. They they're out there. Dude, All the you Rangers need to do is bring up Alexei Lafreniere's time on ice and. Boy, just watch, watch what happens. The the Rangers were in that game. They were. If if that puck crosses like that mil, uh, centimeter of of red ice, the Rangers could win. Could be on the overtime five five there. A lot of things could change that game. There, there was a lot of great chances for the Rangers, but they just looked lost the first two periods before they actually turned it on. That was it. That was the whole kit and caboodle of it. There's nothing like so now. What? Which which one is it though, Ryan? Which one is it? Was is it is it that the Rangers were playing without motivation because they're tired of hearing David Quinn or was it that David Quinn motivated the troops and got the Rangers back into the game in the third period? Mm. Cause it can't be both, but it has to be one. If Here, I'm reading the internet correctly, here's what I, here's my conspiracy theory proposal. Tell me after the two periods, Quinn feeling dizzy from being down mm. for nothing decided Knobloch, you take the reins. Chris Knobloch mm. on the bench still, took control of the Ranger team and said, guys, I need this. This might be my last game on the bench. I want this one for me. Motivated by the love and affection they have for Chris Mobloch, they began to play and then simply did not, could not, and would not score the fifth goal to overtime. Ryan, can I blow your mind real quick? Yes. Okay. The thing that's going to blow your mind here is the first thing I'm going to say. I took a shower this morning. Okay. Yeah, wow. And while, while I was in the shower... I had a come to Jesus realization. Mm-hmm. Truly, happy Passover, by the way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Why is this night different from any other night? Here's why this night is different from any other night. Um, I realized something. I don't know why I defend David Quinn. I don't. I realized that I'm not defending David Quinn. I'm just yelling at people who are yelling at David Quinn. David Quinn has nothing to do with my opinions about David Quinn. I'm just tired of the people who hate David Quinn and take the Twitter to tell you how much they hate David Quinn and how David Quinn is ruining everything on God's green earth and how I'm sure it's David Quinn's fault that my people, the members of the tribe, didn't have enough time to wait for the bread to rise. And now that's why I eat matzah for seven days a year. I am positive that's David Quinn's fault. Uh, there actually was an 11th plague. It was David Quinn. Um, (laughs) Incredible stuff. I don't understand how I didn't realize this before. I honestly, I don't think David Quinn is a great head coach. I don't think the New York Rangers are going to have a ton of success under David Quinn. Is there one thing David Quinn has done that I said that I think is fireable? No, but I also don't think David Quinn has done anything that 
motivates me to say he's worth hanging on for two more years. Do I think the New York Rangers would be better if they had a different head coach? Sure, but it depends on the head coach. This, this is kind of what it comes down to for me that I've realized. I don't think the New York Rangers would be better with Bruce Boudreaux. I, 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 I don't. I think Bruce Boudreaux is another plug-and-place replaceable head coach in the NHL. I think we find as many problems with him as we do with David Quinn. Right. They'd be different problems, but they'd be problems. Uh, I don't think Gerard Gallant is the answer. I've thought about this one for a while. I think it's telling. I'm not, not that hockey organizations are the smartest uh, bunch of breeds out there, per se, but I think it's telling that two somewhat young teams decided they were better off with different people. Um, I, I, I don't think whoever the next head coach fired is, like Michelle Therrien, uh, if he wanted to leave the Flyers bench to bring offense to New York, no. I, Claude Julien, no. That My problem is I can't identify someone better than David Quinn. So therefore, I should think the Rangers should just keep David Quinn. We've talked about this before on the show. It's incredible how we don't know who the next young, bright head coach is in the NHL. That guy doesn't exist. It used to be Sheldon Keefe, which is why we all attached our bandwagon to Sheldon Keefe. And when it wasn't Sheldon Keefe, we just didn't know. We, we, we still don't know. I don't know if there's someone in the NHL besides Jeremy Colleton that's under the age of 40 because no one wants to talk to him. No one wants to tell me if that guy exists. I can name – we've done this before. I can name five guys. Not like he's 42. Be, just, you know, very close. Uh, yeah, but he's not under the age of 40. So True. He can't be it. Uh, but we can name five guys that don't have current head coaching jobs in Major League Baseball that should. Could do it right now. I can't do that. I think we do it in the yeah. NBA too, actually. Yeah. Probably. Close. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it, it's, it, it boggles the mind. So for everyone that says, why are you such a David Quinn supporter? I'm not. I'm not. I, I, we, need, we need to stop saying that I'm a David Quinn supporter. I, I personally, uh, Alexi Lafreniere should not be getting less than 10 minutes of ice time a night. I think there are very easy ways to replace that. And it's quite as simple as take Ryan Strom off the first power play. It doesn't matter how good Ryan Strom has been on the first power play. The Rangers have told us he's not part of their long-term plans. So if he's not part of your long-term plans, just give those four minutes to Alexei Lafreniere every night. I promise you he'll get over 10 minutes. Or Capococco, whichever you want to do. Yeah, whichever. Uh, but if whoever's not – I will say this. Whoever's not playing in the top six that night should be on power play one. And then whoever is playing in the top six that night, you're not playing on the first power play. That's fine by me because then both those guys are getting their minutes. That's great. That's, to me, the easiest solution there is that exists to that problem. But I, I don't want people to say I'm a David Quinn defender. I'm not. What I am – is someone that is not afraid to call you stupid when you sound stupid. And most of the thoughts revolving David Quinn, pretty stupid. Pretty stupid. I, it, you think he's – people think he's stunting growth. Okay. Explain Adam Fox. If he's stunting growth – Explain okay. Bucinevich. That's the other one. Explain Bucinevich. If he's stunting growth, okay. Explain Strom. Strom's been good for two years. It's not all Artemi Panarin. And even if it is all Artemi Panarin, you know what David Quinn did? He's like, hey, buddy, you're playing with Artemi Panarin. That's a, that credit where credit is due. Explain Ryan Lindgren. That, that, it's got to be someone. It can't be just David Quinn. Explain Keandre Miller. Got to be someone. Can't be just – can't not be not David Quinn. All these guys can't just be doing this on their own. We like to focus on the guys that aren't succeeding. We never talk about the guys that are succeeding. And when we do talk about the guys that are succeeding, we deflect. It's, all, it's, it's never David Quinn. It's always something else. It's always, well, the national media isn't giving Adam Fox enough attention. They should be giving Adam Fox more attention. Okay. Well, we're not going to talk about David Quinn putting out Fox in 
positions to succeed. That's fine, whatever. Ryan Lindgren deserves more attention. He's a perfect partner for Adam Fox. Ryan Lindgren's uh, incredible. We should, we should be talking about him He's, more. I, okay? I, you're I, not going to talk about. You're not going to talk David Quinn at least having the wherewithal to play Adam Fox with Ryan Lindgren. Like for every for every bad thing you can say, I can say a good thing. And if that's possible, then it's not clear cut that he should be fired. It's not a slam dunk. Is he the right? Is David Quinn going to have playoff success with the New York Rangers? I'm a betting man. You know this. If I had to guess, I would say no. I wish I could sit here and tell you I had a coach that is better suited for the New York Rangers. I don't. And some of that's on me. And some of that's on the fact that nobody has ever presented me with an option that is better. We've asked. David Quinn fired. Dude, we've yeah. asked a lot. And we've, we never, sure we've never gotten an answer that wasn't one of the guys you've already ruled out. Like these, re- no. these recycle, retread coaches. That was it. Yeah. If next time I, I challenge everyone on Twitter, instead of telling me you want David Quinn fired, Name me a coach that has no NHL coaching experience that you want behind the bench for the New York Rangers. That just start naming names. Just stop saying fire Quinn and start naming names. Stop stop the people with the stupid rainbow afros and clown noses that pop into our mentions that with Twitter handles that say fire Quinn. You're a cool guy. Congratulations. You got your notice. I'm taking notice of you. I'm taking notice of you because you're an idiot. You're a moron. You're just the dumbest of dumb. You are the lowest common denominator. That is what you are. Name me names. Give me names. Break, break down coaching resumes for me. Because you, you want to do the work and say that the Rangers should fire David Quinn. Fine. Do the work. Find me a head coach. Tell me who it is. If it's Terry Collins, I'm all aboard. And don't say Gallant. Like, don't. Because the answer, like, no, I, Gallant, Gallant is a good Gallant, answer, Gallant, Gallant, but it's not, I'm not, it's not that. It's I, not. I'm throwing them out right now. I don't, think, I don't think they're fits. I think you get, with Gallant and Boudreaux, you're getting David Quinn. You're going to have problems. We're going to find them quickly. We're going to complain about them. You have to give me a new give me a new option. We're not find a new about. slant. Find a new slant. Yep. Find a new narrative. Let's uh let's do some quick five stars and then we'll we'll make a tiny 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 announcement. All right. Oh. Uh, all right. Here we go. Quick five stars from a couple last couple weeks. Uh, five star question. This is from oh this is an interesting one that we didn't really get to talk about. Do you guys listen to Thirty One Thoughts pro- podcast? They released an episode on Tim Peel controversy, and the only thing I agreed with was the penalty against him was too harsh. Maybe I'm too far removed from the game, but isn't there a way to enforce rules fairly to make a, to make the rules favor the more skilled team in a faster game? This is from a ACOMD one. Can I can I can I actually say something that I think is apparently a hot take? Yeah, go ahead. I don't think the penalty was harsh at all. I don't think so either. I keep seeing I keep seeing that Tim Peel got fired. He didn't get fired. He didn't get fired. He just got removed from assignment, and he was retiring at the end of the season. Yeah, the the NHL is still paying him. He technically still has a job. Whatever check he was going to collect over the next two months, Scapegoat, he's my man. still going to collect. He's just going to be able to do it from his own home because he was retiring. I, I think the penal, the pen, there is no penalty. I think that's baby shit soft, what the NHL did to Tim Peel. But also, uh, this this is scapegoating, Ryan. The NHL is actually using Tim Peel as a scapegoat, saying, well... He did, he did it. We caught him. That's that. The problem's over. We know the problem's not over. We know that there are makeup calls. They exist. We th- This is clear as day when this shit happens. You ready for it's, my hot take, Greg? I'm going to get really ooh, hot right I, now. I want it. I want it. I, I don't think it. Make it calls, cool makeup today, calls are that even that bad. I don't even think they are. I think well, they're in every single because, sport. Because we don't, know an NA, right, we don't know an NHL without them. I don't know an NBA without them. Like, they... they <laughs> No, they're there, dude. They really are. I know the NBA officiating has been like whatever, but 
There's makeup calls in almost all these sports. Really, I think you could even find makeup calls in umpires sometimes. Really. Oh, oh, for sure. If they miss a strike, they'll find an excuse to get a strike in that that at bat. Absolutely. So I, I I know that we're like slandering the guy and all that, and he. I don't think the punishment was that harsh at all. I didn't think. Yes, he got caught on mic, and getting caught on mic or getting caught on video always amplifies the problem a million times. But I don't think what he did was that crazy. I really don't. If if he missed a call. Uh, I didn't. I don't know the whole situation of the game itself with Nashville, but he's like, "Hey, I wanted to get a penalty and use an expletive, of course, uh, on Nashville." Like, well, maybe they did something. He missed it. And he was trying to get it back. That, to me, that's the human element of the game. I don't think is that strange. If you wanted it to be more strict, you could. You could enforce those rules. You could make it that yeah. way, and you don't. That that's on you, well, NHL. Yeah, and and the part that confused me, I, I Elliot Friedman has been talking about the gambling aspect of this, but I, like. Tim Peel didn't make the call because he wanted to penalize the Predators specifically for any apparent reason other than he thought that the Red Wings were owed a call. But he wasn't making that penalty because he was actively rooting against the Predators. It, was, it wasn't quite a 50-50 play, but at least so, like, it, it's not like nothing happened and he called the penalty. There was something. It was a soft call, but... It, 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 it may or may not have determined the outcome of the game. Those happen all the time. Colin Blackwell gets two minutes for roughing after TJ Oshie lays out Kevin Rooney at the end of a play when the whistle had already blown. Like, you're going to tell me that that was only Colin Blackwell who was guilty of a penalty on that play? No. Part of the human element is that we expect the refs to not be perfect. I don't think any of us go into the game expecting the game to be called 100%. It could be. It's totally possible if the league wanted that, but I don't think any league wants that because you know what happens, Ryan? We come on this show and we start talking about it. And it, it, it that you think ESPN was going to donate time to the NHL that day until Tim Peel happened? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I know Stephen A. Smith definitely has an opinion of it now, though. That's true. The goat. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I, I thought less of it than than what it actually was, which I know is kind of crazy. Yeah, I. But I, I, I. I don't think he should have been punished more. I just think it's ridiculous that we're calling it a punishment. It's not a punishment. It's not a punishment. He's, he's, he's on paid. paid vacation. Yep. I wish I was Tim Peel. Tim Peel sounds great. It, his life is what I emulate or want to emulate right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, you better, yeah, that one you better That one me. I have to cut out for sure. That's, uh, let me wow. Just... Unbelievable that you're cutting it out. I didn't say. I was just for the record, people. <laughs> I, this is very important for me. I'm actually just going to bleep Ryan it. Ryan is cutting himself out. I'm just Greg bleeping it. Greg didn't say something. I'm just bleeping it. That's it. Totally yeah, Greg, Greg didn't say it. It was Ryan. Bleeping that one. That's for sure. All right. Uh, this one was uh, about Kako, actually. Oh, boy. Uh, boy. The Isles fan base says believe Kako. Uh, the Isles fit. This oh sorry I my brain just exploded. This is from Aaron one 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 one. This Isles fan, him Aaron one one one, is still listening to our show and, and giving this question, which is why this was so confusing. Is it rude to judge a rookie before the third season ends, especially if you could see subtle improvements? Has Kako ever recorded one hundred games under even recorded a hundred games under his belt? Always known as COVID hockey, his time will come. Yeah, I think Kako has clearly taken this, the steps forward this year, and if. If he could learn how to shoot like a second earlier, which he hasn't this year, he'd have a couple more goals. He's had the chances. He's been a monster on the defensive side of the ice, so I'm I'm not as worried as I used to be at all. Um, no, it, nothing else. The there, reason really. why Kabakako doesn't have points is because he's shooting below seven percent. Yep, that's unsustainable. He's when Kako regresses, he's going to regress to the mean, and that means he's actually going to score points. 
So no, I'm not. I'm not worried about Kako. He doesn't look overmatched. He looks like he belongs. He looks like a threat when he's on the ice. When he has the puck, other teams have to take notice. Yep. That is exactly what I want to see from a 19-year-old in his second 20. season. We're 20 now. The Thank points... you. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's old as shit. Trade him. Yeah, trade him. Prime's uh, over. He's, he's, he looks the part. And right now, that's almost as important as scoring goals. The goals are going to come. I'm not really not worried about it at all. Last question. Uh, would you protect, and this is not from Keith Kincaid. This is from Glenn Let's Go Rangers. Would you expose Georgiev instead of Kincaid? Did you know Keith's middle name was Glenn? No way. Are you serious? <laughs> no, no, I have no fucking idea. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up right now to see if it's on Wikipedia. That would have killed me, man. Out. That would have killed me. Oh man. Uh, um, Keith Patrick Kincaid, for the record. Oh, okay. We should have known that. Good looking dude. Good yep. looking dude. Good looking guy. All right. Uh, I don't think they're gonna expose Georgiev. They might. No, there's no chance. I don't think no, they there's, do. No, there's no chance. Zero percent chance. Yep. Um, the only reason, the only reason they would expose Georgiev. You have to remember, guys, if the, Rangers, if the Rangers expose Georgiev, he's probably getting taken, which means the Rangers get to keep Brett Howden. Is that really what you want <laughs> at the end of the day? Is that, is that, is that, they're like, going to let go of You're talking go, about GA. the guys the Rangers That's could expose happen. and couldn't expose. You have to remember, some of the guys you bring up, your goal is to lose Brett Howden, right? If you're a casual Ranger fan, if you're someone who listens to this show, you're definitely of someone that has a negative opinion of Brett Howden which means you're rooting for Seattle to have a positive opinion of Brett Howden, which means you want Seattle to take him. So should the Rangers expose Alexander Georgiev? The question there is, do you want the Rangers to still have Brett Howden? If your answer to that second question is yes, then yeah, they should probably expose Alexander Georgiev. Because I promise you that the Seattle Kraken would take Georgiev above Howden, regardless of how we feel about either player. We just know that they will take the goalie in that instance. Um, But no, the Rangers... I, it was kind of surprising to see Keith get the start. Uh, I, I, I don't think Keith played necessarily bad. I think the Washington Capitals are an incredibly talented team that played better than the New York Rangers on that given day. But um, no, I, I, we still don't have any evidence to suggest the Rangers see a long-term problem with Alexander Gierkiv. And at this point, I can't imagine losing him for nothing. That would be such terrible... Asset management. Asset management. Terrible. That it would it, it would it would drive both of us insane. We'd we'd go to the grave earlier for sure. All right, let's do a quick announcement, then we'll get to our guest today. We have SNY's Matt Spen. Let me talk all in New York. Announcement, announcement, announcement. Announcement song. Horrible way to yep. die. Uh, horrible way to die. Yeah. Horrible way to start your day. Horrible way, way to, to die. die. All right, our Patreon is back up. <laughs> hey, we're back. <laughs> yes. Um we have some things coming and changing in the next couple of weeks. But you can go to Patreon. None of them none of them bad. None of them say. bad. None of them bad. Just some things going on. Uh, Patreon.com slash Breakaway. You can go read about some of the changes. We're going to promote it over the next couple of weeks. Um, if you let me, let me just make my pitch. If you're out there right now and you've ever thought, hmm, I'd like to buy Ryan or Greg an adult beverage. Hmm, I've enjoyed their content on Twitter and they make me smile during the day. Hmm, I, I like the podcast twice a week and it's very fun and I enjoy it. And they're, they're, my, they're some of my best friends and I like hanging out with, out with them. Hey, I think they should talk about player, Power Play 2 more. That's for one specific user. Um, then, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then in that case. We, we, we talk about, first of all, we talk about Power Play 2 as much as the Rangers use Power Play 2. That's so true. So our minute-to-minute our breakdown of Which that is, 20 seconds. is one-to-one. Yes, there yeah. you go. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Breakaway today. We used to be a big-time Patreon podcast. We're trying to get back there a little bit. We're going to be a little bit – we're getting back to our grassroots. We're interacting with the community, and we're, we're going to lean on our supporters as we kind of always have. Uh, yes, the, the, the tiers, guys, are very – 
plainly put out there for you. We're not, we, uh, when we joined the athletic, there were certain things we could and couldn't do. Um, and the, the tiers that we have out there, they're going to be fulfilled. And we are actually very excited about fulfilling them. It's stuff that we've been wanting to do for a while. And we are very happy to getting back to what we want to do. We, we don't want this show to ever feel like it's us working. We want it to feel like we are. Well, we are working. We're very hard workers and efficient journalists. The fuck you are. There you go. Yeah, like we just we just want to be dudes being bros. That's essentially what we are. Guys being dudes. We can't be anything more than that. Yep. So we 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 want to be one with our community, and we truly feel like this is the best way for you guys to not just enjoy us, but have a more personal experience with us. Last thing. In fact, some of you, some of you, if you. Give Ryan enough money. He'll give you his phone number. <laughs> I'll be He's honest. Someone, uh, Matty Jacks, straight up. You want my phone number, bro? It's all yours. Um, <laughs> uh, in, in this case, though, seriously, uh, we have some more details to come on the Patreon in the next couple of weeks. Some more things that we're going to be announcing for it as time goes on here. And if you sign up for the year, you get a 15% discount if you support Boosters Breakaway. How, how do I know you're going to keep doing the show? We've done the show every Monday for five years. Okay. It's five years. Ne- we've never missed it. So it's, it's going to keep coming. All right, we love you guys. Thank you so much for the support. And uh, let's transition over to Matthew Spenley, shall we? Transition. Hey, we're back with our first and only guest of the day. We have our friend Matt Spenley, who we've been friends with forever. He is at SNY. He does multiple things over there. He's mostly in charge of everything. Matt, how are you doing, my man? Wow, everything. Yeah, I heard you're – what's it like running the Mets these days? Tough, huh? It's, you know, it's a lot, um, you know, the GM duties, the day-to-day, right. having to, to the, come up with the, the memes. The Twitter it's... Q&As, the chicken parm. Right. right. I mean, top to bottom. Like, I'm, I'm literally on with Win Rondazzo right now. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. It's I'm, tough. I'm <laughs> Spence, does, uh, does Steve Cohen make your job more difficult, less difficult? It's a good question. I would say uh, there's a lot of layers, given that the Wilpons still own SMY and that – Ooh. Um, yeah, and that and that Cohen now owns the Mets. So some things have become um, easier. Some are just different. You know, honestly, it's just um, it's just a different game. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of you know behind the scenes stuff that goes on. But I would say it's ultimately just a good thing because the excitement for the Mets is just through the roof. Like people are so plugged in, which has made our job that much more fun. So easy. Uh, speaking of being plugged in, I think the Rangers this year have been pretty interesting in a lot of different ways. Do you run the Ranger video account, or is that somebody else? I have a big hand in it, and I saw your tweet the other day when we posted a Kako clip that you. you said you just posted this so I could retweet, and I, I nodded my head. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very true. I'll give some shout-out to the Ranger videos, SNY feed. They do, do a great job there. Um, what has been the Ranger reception for SNY this year? Obviously, SNY doesn't cover um, the Rangers. It, you do cover the Rangers, but you don't host them because MSG does, obviously. Um, but what has been the, uh, the overall perception of the Ranger coverage this year for the SNY as a company? I mean, I think hockey is an interesting one for us, right? Because all of the the teams that we have, MSG sort of has the corner there. They basically air all of them. So a lot of our coverage consists of, um, you know, interview clips, really trying to, to hype up the guys. I know when I was, I used to work nights for some context. I used to work nights. And since I got this role, I work days. So I don't work the the games as much as I used to. I miss live tweeting. It was one of my favorite things. But I think it's just honing in on the same guys that, you guys are hyping up all the time you know it's it's uh it's fox and and the main sort of well, guys fox that are is a tweener okay he, you know let's just relax he's not exactly like <laughs> he's not norris candidate or anything no big deal <laughs> but yeah like it's it's 
it's fun. And, and it's been a, a weird year for them. I, I know we've joked a ton that it's like them and the Knicks have just basically flopped roles where like there's some voodoo magic going on in MSG and the Rangers just happened to catch it for a while there and the Knicks were were freed of it. It's been really strange. This, this year's been a disaster, man. <laughs> like... yeah, uh, listen, I, I, I remember, I'm curious how you guys feel about this. I remember when I was working for the Knicks wall and it would be, you know, the Knicks have just had some horrific seasons and it would get to like game 68 of a season where they had won, you know, 13 games to that point. And I would just be like, I can't believe I have to watch the Knicks play tonight. And I don't think the Rangers are at that point no, at no, all. No. But when you're at the end of these, like, you know, sort of seasons that you know they're not really going to go anywhere, it's it, it always loses some luster. But at least the Rangers have guys to watch every night. And guys, some of the guys the Knicks have had over the last few years, people had to talk themselves into Trey Burke being an all-star. All right? This is where we were at. <laughs> that's well, so sad. The, Spence, the thing that's frustrating about a season like this is the three of us can sit here and we can be honest with each other, and we can say that we don't expect the New York Rangers to make the playoffs this year. And there's no there's no shame in saying that. But the New York Rangers are just enough into the race where you have to at least entertain the idea, and I think that makes it worse. I really yeah. do. It's, it's not like I want – I don't want the Rangers to be a dumpster fire every night. I don't want them to be the Buffalo Sabres. Though, if they were, the content, can you imagine? <laughs> but it's being being that team that's like – Clearly not good enough to be a playoff team, but also not bad enough to not be in the playoff competition, like the, the playoff um, conversation. That, that zone really stinks, really stinks. But this year doesn't matter, so I'm not too worried about it. Right, and, and the, the coaching thing with the Rangers has just been weird too because Quinn has obviously been a lightning oh. rod of attention. I know you guys have talked about it. Yeah, we probably talked about it at the open of this show too, for sure, yeah. There you go. Uh-huh. See, so you don't have to get all into it, but like, you know, I get it. It's 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 a development year, but for a lot of people, even if it's a development year, it's uh, oh, why aren't these guys performing? And then you have a guy like Fox who's just electric. Now, let me ask you guys this: Who who's when you put Adam Fox in your mind, especially was eleven points over the last four games? Yep. Who's the last Ranger that they had that was this young that you were like, holy shit, we know this guy's gonna be really good for a very long time. Nobody in, in our like in our lifetime. <laughs> yeah, no one has it happened. No, <laughs> not, in my adult lifetime. It's no, probably because... Hank. Like that's the answer. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds like blasphemy, but Hank pretty much came out like, "Hey, I'm a perfect king." That's what he did, and then from there, just kind of took the league by storm. This is kind of the same with Fox, but I think Hank. I don't know if it was his beauty or whatever, kind of came on a little bit quicker than Adam Fox that has in his first two years. It's it's a real, really strange situation. It has to be Hank though. Yeah, just think about because it, it's almost like a different conversation when we're talking about a skater and not a goalie. It feels like a goalie, there's more room to be iconic because it's so clearly a one man job. Sure. But think about those great Ranger teams from when we were in college in our teenage years. There was a lot of Yamir Yager, who was never young when he was a New York Ranger, he was already an established star. Uh, Marion Gabarik was already somewhat established. The teams that went on deep runs, they had solid young players, but Adam Fox shines brighter than Ryan McDonough, shines oh. brighter than Derek yeah. Stepan, shines brighter than Derek Broussard. Those guys were young and good, and that was super valuable to that Ranger team. But none of us would sit here and say they were stars. That that wasn't their role. Like, Adam Fox is a star. He is a one-of-one one in the National Hockey League. He is truly a unicorn which is ridiculous that he's not already in Norris 
Trophy conversations not his turn. and why we make fun of people who doesn't not? put him in Norris conversations. No. Who are the favorites then? Uh, people that aren't that good at hockey. Well, they are, but like it's just the typical old heads. That's really it. Like Drew Darity, oh who is like one before, and Victor Hedman, well, who, to, who to deserves be, to it. To be fair, like it's it's hard to sit here and say it shouldn't be Victor Hedman. I was about to say uh, Victor not, Hedman deserves it. For Victor sure. Hedman's great, and he's probably going to win the award. Sure. But to me, it doesn't feel like there should be a number two conversation. It should be Adam Fox. But you look at. I need to. I need to find a tweet. It was something. I know Fox didn't get any votes from he got the zero. NHL.com writers. Yep, zero votes. Zero. Not a single top five vote from any of the guys who are paid to write for a website that calls itself NationalHockeyLeague.com. And and then he, he went point. out and had five assists in one game. So there you go. He's been unbelievable. To your, to your point about McDonough too, who sort of had like a similar verve with the fan base, where it was just you know rally around him. I think his leadership and his personality played into that. I can remember the one, the overtime goal he scored against the Coyotes was sort of like that that moment that sticks in my head. But never at this level. He would never have those games where you would just be like, that guy is unstoppable on the ice. And I feel like every time I flip on a Rangers game, he looks Adam Fox looks that way. It's just in complete control at all times. And to have a defenseman be this good this early and know that a lot of these defensemen, you mentioned the guys that are in front for the Norris trophy have been really good for a long time. So there's no reason to expect that it isn't going to continue. It's just very exciting. Well, it is absolutely. And I've said this multiple times that in my lifetime, Adam Fox is easily the number two best defenseman I've ever seen talent wise. And a lot of people come back and say, Sergey Zubov, who's a hall of famer, obviously. And a lot of people say Ryan McDonough. I will, I'll say this again, because I have to get it out there. There's no comparison between Adam Fox and Ryan McDonough. The, the best player, the best version that Ryan McDonough ever was, whatever that prime version of it, Adam Fox is better than it right now. Now, is Ryan McDonough maybe a better shutdown physical size defender? For sure. But everything else that Adam Fox, Fox does, like controlling the puck, controlling the blue line, <laughs> passing, shooting, skating, it's all there. He can do it all. If Adam Fox was like four inches taller and, 50, and 40 pounds heavier, I really... I, I don't know if he'd be the same player, but I'd truly be scared for the league because he would be, he's already one of one, but then he would be just another level. I, I'm not sure he needs those things, but he truly is just a, a magnificent player and, and already a star that's unrecognized in the NHL. The the funny thing there, Ryan, it, we've never, we haven't talked about this in a very long time, but if you go deep, deep into our podcast archives, you could pull clips from the show don't do where this. Ryan and I are talking about taking Ryan McDonough off the power play because the Rangers need to look for opportunities to limit his ice time, to not overexpose him in order to maximize what he does so well for the New York Rangers. Those are honest to God conversations we were having where it's not us criticizing Ryan McDonough's game. It was us saying he's not exactly great on the power play. Why can't the Rangers find this guy four minutes a night where they don't have to rely on his skating. That's a conversation we're just never going to have with Adam Fox. If anything, Adam Fox, who's playing about 25 minutes a night, needs more ice time. Like, he he should be just out there all the time. Never take him off the ice. Really, really lean into the Brian Leach-Mike Keenan relationship here and make him play 40 minutes a night. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, he's just just incredible. Uh He's something else. I, I was thinking of like the, the the sort of guys the Rangers have had, like you've mentioned, they haven't had these young guys. That's why it was so funny in the early decades. Like I remember being so excited about Anthony Duclair, like that goal against the Minnesota Wild, Huge. one of my favorite moments, like electric. But, you know, he's actually stuck around for a little while. He's had, you know, a cup of tea with some other teams and had 
a couple decent seasons. His own agent, uh, by the way. He plays his own agent. He does, that's, that's what he did this year. It didn't really that's work impressive. out in his favor. I was going to so. say, I feel yeah. like that has not traditionally worked out that well. It didn't work out for him as much as, as, much as it should have. He's tremendously underpaid for the talent he is. There you go. I, I hope he's uh, I hope he's doing great. That's all I hope. But I, I think with the my relationship with the Rangers is always a funny one, right? Because I was not a hockey guy growing up per se. My family wasn't super into hockey, but that 2013-14 team was the first one that I really dove into when they when they went to the Cup final, and that was the one that was the most special to me. And then they all of a sudden vaulted into you know they were probably my favorite team to watch for three or four years there. Like it was it was sort of second to none, and a lot of the other teams I followed between the Giants and and the Knicks and the Yankees, I like, hadn't had those sort of good years. So I remember really fondly those teams. And I, I, everyone does, you know, there's a reason why, um, you know, we, we have those those guys that when you when you think in the early decades of uh, of the 2010s, that it's just come to mind every time. But I miss that sort of thing. And it, but it's fun to see them just sort of rebuilding with these yeah. sort of guys they have now, too. Long, long suffering Yankee fan needed a new outlet. So he I, I was sick of it. Well, that's why I am now, you know, uh, uh, you know, what fan? A Mets fan? A New York Mets fan. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, guys, all right. I, I need you to help me through this. Sure. I, I struggle so much with the Yankees Mets thing. So when I first joined SMY in, in December 2018, I'm a full on New York Yankees fan. I like, can help you with this, Benley. I really can. Keep going. <laughs> all right. Please do. I'll, I'll tell you my, my anecdote and then you go. But I, I grew up a whole Yankees fan my whole life. My family, my dad, like everyone. Huge, huge, huge Yankees fans. And since I've joined 2019 with the Mets, I basically worked every game, um, you know, except for weekends because I did all the nights. But it's it's hard. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. If the Yankees and Mets are on and I only have one TV, like, I'm turning on the New York Mets. And that was the case last year when they had that weird pandemic-shortened year where they were really not good. Um, it's it, It's officially, like, moved into that territory. But then I start to feel a little guilty because it's like, do I – deserve this to just kind of join up as they've been better i don't feel like i earned it it's a real internal struggle i think we've had rick carpinello on the show a bunch of times and every time we've we've referred to him as a fan we've he's always been like i'm not a fan the man has been covering the team for 40 years he clearly has like way before i was born he clearly has some ties to the rangers no matter what he says in his journalistic journalistic integrity you could be a modern journalist in this way your, your allegiance can be towards the Mets and the Yankees, but you can't really be a fan of the Mets unless you go full hard. You have to cut. Like, it has to be a, a clean cut. Like, I am now a Rays fan. I grew up a Yankees fan. And in 2007, I became a Rays fan like a dope. <laughs> and uh, I've been one since. And they don't spend money, and I just like the way they do things. But I think you can make the – you have a rightful case to make a change because of your job. But then you're just going to tell your employer, like, hey, I want to be here the rest of my life. And that's, you know, that's pretty cool that they would they would understand that. But here's what the I, difference. I ain't a journalist. <laughs> I, I just post memes and shit. I get to post memes and articles. I don't know and, if you know that's being a journalist these days, Spenley. Come on. I, but I, 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 disavow, I disavow the journalist title. <laughs> uh, Spence, Spence, to help you out here, I think what it is, what you've discovered since you've gone to SNY is even when the Mets are bad, they're still entertaining. Now, yeah. is it is it a healthy form of entertainment? Is it good for you? Is it positive for your mental well-being? Absolutely not. But you're never bored as a Met fan. There's always something that's going to make you feel. With the Yankees, I feel you can kind of go through the motions. There are there, The lows aren't very low. And while the highs are extremely high, 
without having true lows, like what's a low for the Yankees? They won 86 games and missed the playoffs. That's a low. That's a successful season for the New York Mets. That was 86 wins was 2019 where this team almost made the playoffs and city field was on fire every night in August. Like it's, I'm not shitting on the Yankees. I personally uh, would love to be bored by a baseball team because that means they're <laughs> more times than not successful. I would very much enjoy it if the Mets, you know, played a playoff game. Since we've done this podcast, the New York Mets have played one playoff game. One. We've been doing this podcast for five years. The Mets played one playoff game, and it was a 3 nothing loss to Madison Bumgarner in 2016. That, that's it. This entire pod. Imagine what this podcast, a Rangers podcast, that is actually a Mets podcast, that's actually a horse racing podcast, that's actually a market Wall Street podcast. Imagine what this podcast would sound like if the Mets were in the playoffs. Just try to try to close your eyes and picture it. I can't. I don't would want this to. Podcast even exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that, it's, it's, it's true. You might it might have uh, it might have broken down by now. I could probably couldn't even find you if they won a playoff series. Like, Greg, if the Mets I, win the World Series, forget it. The the podcast is over because I'm over. That's it. I I will be somewhere else. Fair game. No idea where that somewhere else is. That's fair game, my friend. This is why I've also always, as I've gotten more into the Mets, I just identify with the fan base so much more because being a Knicks fan, being my favorite team, it's so much more in that vein. And I love that. I never liked the Yankee fan base, all right? Like, I still got love for the Yankees, but the fan base I didn't identify with. The Mets fans, following them on Twitter – being more in that universe, it's just more fun because he yeah, said it's always something. Like I can yeah, remember, we're we're, we're I can remember psychos. being, <laughs> I can remember being at the office when Brody said that Cespedes broke both oh of his ankles, <laughs> and I was just like laughing because you're like, how, how does this happen? Like out of nowhere, like the amount of things that just happen, and even now that they've, you know, sort of turned the corner here with a new owner and the, and they they look like they're gonna be good. It's just it's just honestly remarkable that it's still always something and unfortunately there's been some some troubling ones this year too but like it's just it's unbelievable it's actually going to be a pretty good time to be a new york sports fan over the next couple of years i mean everything yes. everything is going to go right right now for the most part listen if you're an islander fan um the team is awesome right now barry trotz is the best coach in the NHL. we say it every single week Ranger fan, you have the first and second overall pick. Artemi Panarin plays for your team. Adam Fox, Igor Shesterkin. Everything is going pretty great. And uh, you're, you might have Jack Eichel even this summer. If you're the Buffalo Sabres, I don't want to talk about it. You're, you know, you're not in the new metro area. I'm only talking about that. Then you have the Knicks and the Nets. I don't need to talk about the Nets. Like, they're probably going to win the title. The Knicks are fun. Yeah, I know. It's insane. I, I want to get into that because I got slandered on Twitter and I had to delete a Nets tweet because Nets Twitter was destroying me. Because <laughs> I, I just said... Like, hey, it's it's just incredible to me that in my in my bubble that I'm in of New York MSG media, the Knicks still somehow every single day have the front page and everything else, and Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and all these um, other amazing players now, including Blake Griffin and Lamarcus Aldridge, play on the Nets, and nobody cares. But if this was the Knicks, Spenley, it would be absolute banana land. Like it yeah. wouldn't. It would. We wouldn't. Ke- the the Kevin Durant, Harden, Kyrie shit would never ever leave the audio space of my life for a minute if it was the Knicks. But if it's the Nets, like, yeah, they get the national coverage on ESPN and everything like that, but it's not nearly the same bonanza that it would no. be in New York. Absolutely. Which which is fine. Like, I think if I was a Nets fan, I would be like, listen, like, not a lot of people in my area care that much about it, like, on a macro level. We're newer here. I would just be like, I don't care. We have one of the best 
teams in the NBA and one of the most electric offenses to ever hit an NBA court. I don't give a shit about what New York City says right. or what any or the papers are saying. That's how it feels a Nets fan. But the reason why it's always a point of contention is because the Knicks fans love needling about it. And then the Nets fans sort of want to be defensive about it. Whereas, like, we can both be honest here. The Knicks have been horrible. The Knicks are decent this year. And people are over the moon because they've been that much of a train wreck. The Nets are clearly better. Would I love to see the Knicks and Nets play a playoff series? Sure. If the Knicks got swept, nothing to lose. Good. We lost to one of the best teams ever. If they ever won a game, we're like, you guys lost a game to the Knicks in the playoffs? Like, that's what we need. Yep. Yeah. And just to finish that off right there, it's, uh, you know, the Yankees and the Mets are both going to be very good these next couple of years. There's a lot of great sports teams with the exception of NFL. Yeah, it's, you, you said it's a great time to be a New York sports fan. And it's like a lot can go wrong for the Jets and Giants. <laughs> yeah, so football, they, not so much, but everything yeah, else. Neither There's a possibility that neither team has a quarterback. And from what I understand about the NFL, that's important. Hmm. Yeah, no, those, those teams suck. That's for sure. The Giants are the bane of my existence. Like, I think they are a, a mess in every way. Like, so much more than the Knicks. Their ownership's horrible. Gettleman, how is he still around? The Jets, you know, at least they got a ton of cap space. They've built something up. Kind of like their coach. I kind of like them. I I like them too. I like the Giants coach also. But it doesn't matter if you've been purged of as much talent as these teams have. The Jets are another one. It just always feels like something. Dude, they were one pick. They were one loss away from having the number one overall pick of generational talents in in Lawrence and just – couldn't do it. Had to win that game. <laughs> it's like, I gotta say, I gotta say though, I am super impressed. The job, I don't know if it's intentional by national media or if it's just because we live in New York, but the job being done to make Zach Wilson almost sound like he should be the number one pick, I applaud it. It it is phenomenal work by the propaganda machine. Be, be honest there. with me, because I don't follow this the way you guys do. It's not close, right? No, I I like Zach Wilson, but Trevor Lawrence is. On a, he's a different plane. It's a different conversation. And Wilson is still very good. People have hyped him up a ton, but yeah, like it's just that sort of thing. It's a clear one and then number two. You know, maybe it's like a few years ago with that Zion RJ Jaw draft where Zion was the first pick no matter what. But people were also like, damn, this John Moran is pretty good too. Yeah. Maybe it's that sort of thing. I really do wish Jaw was Nick. I know, I know RJ's been very good this year. I'm not. Oh, he's been fantastic. I'm not trying to poo poo him, but I, I love Jaw. Big, huge fan. He's fantastic, too. He's but crazy. RJ's creeping up. He's nipping at his heels. That's all I'm saying. That's good. I'm happy for him. Um, what's the, what's what's your one peeve on social media where you see it and you're like, mm, I hate that, from from teams that uh that tweet out these days? What What's the one thing Ryan does that really pisses Yeah, do that first, actually. <laughs> um, let's see. What's the one thing Ryan does? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, it's a great question. Call There's, myself I'm, a I'm journalist, thinking, an insider, give myself credit for everything. List. A laundry list in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have a, <laughs> how about first, you know, building up the whole, the whole Kako thing going all the way out. You know, you, you had to make it a big thing, huh? I didn't mean to. It just like accidentally became a lot bigger than I, it was supposed to be like a one-up joke. And then Newsday was like, we want to write an article. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then, uh, then it became a lot bigger than I thought it was. And I was like, yeah, you know what? We'll run with it. And, and I, I will defend my, my, my Lord and Savior himself, Capococco. Despite the points not being there, he has had a tremendous year. Absolutely night and day from last year. It is, I have a lot of confidence that the points will come and that he will be a very serviceable NHL player for an extremely long time. So I'm not worried about it. Passes the eye test. I don't think there's any question. Even if 
you're you're sort of looking at the numbers and they're not there. ready for this uh, he even asking? passes the stats t- test when our friends evolving wild the twins had him as the worst player in the pool they yep. had last year the worst player so yeah passes a lot now now is your question about the social media stuff is it what teams do or what anyone does what teams do these days what's what's the one like fad in team coverage that is is bothering you well i think the one thing that all right so this is a hockey specific thing i i think a lot of hockey digital departments are really lacking and i look around and like you know this is no shade to to any of these people that are doing this i think a lot of times they just don't have the the same staffing or the same strategy but like hockey teams are tweeting like just game updates as as text they're just like you know, uh, for example, and the Rangers don't do this, but the Rangers, you know, Rangers up three, nothing like they just tweet that. And I'm like, there, there are so many ways we know now to potentially use this. Like one thing that the Rangers do and a ton of hockey teams do. I know the, um, I see the Knights do this all the time is they just have six minute loopable videos of like, you know, Zibanejad scoring and they just rack those up and up and up. It just gets your views going. It has the, the more views that your video has, the more likely people are to watch it. So it's a great way to reuse but i think a lot of the hockey departments like i just don't think they think about these things the right way and i think you know the rangers do a a perfectly fine job i think there's some other local teams that you know i'm not a huge fan of and i've seen other teams do a, a fantastic job so that's one thing there's just a lot of um you know the way that teams cover i i think changes based on the year and the way they go about it. I just wish teams would have more fun. Like, I love the teams that will just tweet out a dumbass meme. Like, it's just sports, guys. Like, it's really, it's just sports. You don't have to take it that seriously. And that's, you know, my main take with everything. Obviously, we are beholden to certain things at SNY with our relationship with the Mets and Jets. You know, we have to be um, cautious sometimes about things we say. It's just part of the deal. Um, but I, I think in general, I just wish teams and everything would have more fun and and find ways to be a little more, creative with their content rather than just kind of rolling the same, you know, ball out every day and saying, all right, let's do it. Have poo-pooed the Rangers a lot on this podcast. Surprise. Um, and I have to give them some credit. They've really stepped up their game the last couple of weeks. I have an insider journalist scoop here. They haven't changed their social media person. So the person I slandered last year, um, even though I thought they switched, turns out it's the same person. So that person's really, (laughs) uh, really embarrassing for Ryan when, uh, this conversation was happening, but, uh, I want to give them, you know, some, some kudos because I thought they've actually done a better job than they have last year. For sure. They've, they've tried to have some more fun and be more inter- interactive with the fans. And, you know, these other NHL teams like the Canes and, you know, the Knights, all that stuff, they need to have that yes. kind of interaction where the Rangers are just, Hey, we're the Rangers. And I know all the, like the big time PR stuff. We know this for a fact has to go through a lot of hoops at the top of it, which is why sometimes the statements don't get out at the top. Oh, sorry. Sorry. My bad. Craig has something to say? No, no, no. We're good. I uh, I do not currently have something to say. Maybe a few weeks. I will have something to say at some point in the future, <laughs> but that future is not today. That's true. That's true. But yeah, okay. That That's fun. What is, um, what's one of the Mets goals for, for media this year that you have? Anything fun, pro- any fun projects you've got going on? Uh, I would say a lot of what we do is just reactive, right? Like we're, we have a ton of stuff prepped for opening day. But I think, you know, a big part of what we do has to be reactive. I think any time that Lindor, DeGrom, sort of the stars that they have play well, um, you know, it's just super exciting for us. Like, it, it provides a lot of upside. And I, I think we're very much, um, you know, looking as things come in, all right, what are other places doing? I think social media, you know, it, it's sort of 
this is a pet peeve of mine whenever people like let's say for example i use a video meme and someone's like oh did you copy this from someone and i'm like no actually someone probably just had a very similar idea because there's a lot of people that are super funny on yep. social media like i promise i'm not stealing tweets and a lot of people like to say things like that that's always one of my pet peeves when it comes to more um you know fans and everything but i think for for the week and and after with with the Mets, I, I think it's just ultimately just super exciting to feel like there's a great team to follow. And, and I think we have a ton of like, you know, lineup graphics. We have some some pitching matchup stuff we're really excited about. Like, it's a lot of that sort of stuff. And then basically, I just stockpile and stockpile memes. And if I'm tweeting a game, I'm just like, oh, I had that meme saved. That could be funny. Like. If, uh, you know, if Jeff McNeil has four hits, all right, let me go through the meme folder and, and see something funny. And sometimes that can be just as effective as you planning something out for a week. This is literally you know, what I do with the Rangers, in case you're wondering. I have exactly. just folders. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. And I, I think a lot of us are the same. Like, mm-hmm. and it's sometimes you can spend a week thinking about something and it doesn't do as well as you thought. And then you can just think of a meme on the spot or even if it's, you know, just a couple images and you're like, oh yeah, that could be funny. Yeah. And then it does so much better than what you had prepped. It's like it's anything with Rick cool Nash, world. just numbers. Just... <laughs> um, uh, I, uh, I just, for the record spends, I know you talked about it before you went on. It's, it's, it's out now. The Mets are bringing back the black jerseys. The black jerseys are coming back. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to worry about being my source that I was going <laughs> to say was my source. Apparently it's a thing. Uh, how, I have two questions. Yes. Number one, how many Francisco Lindor extension memes do you have just filed away for the next 48 hours? Uh, you know, it's it's a good question because we don't want to overdo it, so we got to pick our spots. So I probably have like one or two. And now that it's getting down to the wire, now it gets more contentious. Like I saw last week where I think he had an availability and he sort of said – that if I, we don't agree, I will go to free agency. And just hearing him say the words free agency sent like a chill down my spine. I was like, oh my God, please no. So we got a couple things ready, but I also like you're getting into the touchy zone here where it's like, mm, you know, can we do that? Maybe, but it's, you know, it's a constant sort of evaluation of the situation. You have to be careful. And then number two, is there a cap? Is there a hard limit you have on fits with always sunny references on the SNY main? He gets one per day, and that's it. Nice. <laughs> nice. No, it's. I have found myself using them because he's used them. Like there was last week, I think I I posted something about Degrom, how he his velocity was going up, and I used the Dennis meme, like I haven't even begun to peak. And he messaged me, and he was like, "Dude, like this is great." And I said, "I would never have thought of this if it wasn't for you, because you're always posting the always sunny." He's stuff, a like, killer constantly. Fitz is we. It's, I don't know if you know. You've listened to the show. We had, we used to have a segment called Fitz's Free Content of the Week. Like, it was we would just put whatever Fitz was tweeting about on the show as like a ten minute topic, and it worked like <laughs> fucking charm, like every single time. I love it. He's great. I love it. Great. Spendly, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. Anything else we want to talk to our dear friend about Gregory? Oh, I just. I feel like Spenley, who, as people people may not know, first of all, Spenley criminally underfollowed, but he's also a big movie guy. Yeah. Did you did you see the tweet today from this guy Joey Molinaro, who said another famous guy we all know but absolutely refuse to know his name, and it's Kyle Chandler. Yeah. It it has offended me to my core. Who doesn't know that guy's name? Like it's Kyle Chandler. Yes. We're just googling who Kyle Chandler is. Kyle. Oh my God. He's Coach Taylor. 
People got to know him. Who's Coach Taylor? I totally agree. <laughs> Who's Coach Taylor? Oh, my. Oh, right. This is where I deal with Spenley. Oh, you're not serious. Are you? Wait, is he Greg, is he serious? No, I'm serious. serious. Yeah, I don't watch TV. You've you never seen Friday Night Lights? No, I, I know I know of the show, know how great it is, and I've never watched it. Wow. Be it clear this eyes, hard to lose, that means nothing to you? It means something to me, but in other contexts, yeah. In other contexts. This is, this is twice a week, Spenley. I get to do a show with this guy twice a week. Now, now, now Ryan, are you just... Are you also just not a movie guy at all? I don't really do TV and movies. Just not a thing? I just don't do them. Are you a big a music guy? Uh, yeah, I'm a, I used to be a very big live music guy. Now I read a book guy. I'm a big book guy all of a sudden. I started learning how to read two months ago. Wow, congrats. <laughs> I'm really proud Thank of you. Thank you. It's been a really good journey. But yeah, big music guy, big uh, video game guy, big uh, everything else on the internet kind of YouTube person. Okay. Rather okay. than TV right. shows, and so I watch the Rangers. Like that's all I fucking watch. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's it's kind of wild, especially with how close you guys cover how much of the day to day. Like I remember when I when I was working for the Knicks ball game before I was with SNY, I had a daytime finance job that I would do, and half of my day was just Knicks, like Knicks ball editing pieces, doing stuff on social. It's I think it. I've always said that these are the type of people that should be getting the most opportunities that are driving traffic and on social and everything like that. These are the people that are grinding and these are the people that should be, um, you know, filling roles across, across everything on digital. Like this is where this is going. These are who people want to follow for takes and who people want to read. Things are changing. And like, I, I just believe very strongly that the, the blogs, the, the sites, everything that these are the sort of people that should be getting hyped up the most. And it's where I came from. So it's why I feel that way. But like I, I've only felt stronger about that since I've been at SNY for a couple of years here. Well, we've gotten a ton of offers over the year. Pfft, no, we haven't. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just a top ten podcast every single week. No big deal. All right. Uh, Damn I, right. That, I think that's it. Uh, Gregory, I, I'm, I'm done. I have no further questions. You're you're tapped out. I rest my case. You rest your case. Yep. What I was saying, Spanley, is it's offensive that people like Ryan don't know who Kyle Chandler is. I'm sorry. I'm upset about it. Really favorite, favorite Kyle Chandler performance outside I mean, of Friday Night Lights not considered because that's iconic. Uh, Who the fuck is Kyle Chandler? Uh, what's yours? Game Night, 100%. Uh, I, don't, I haven't seen Game Night. Wow. The you movie Game Night? Is that with um, uh, the guy from Arrested Development? Uh, Jason Bateman, uh, Rachel McAdams. Yeah, yeah. I actually yeah. like that movie a lot. Very fun. There you it's, go. That's one. All right. You've seen a movie. I've seen a movie. I've seen a movie or two. With, he's seen a movie with Kyle Chandler. He doesn't know who Kyle Chandler is. <laughs> no. <laughs> he must not have been that good in it. Oh. Jay, <laughs> put it put it on your list tonight, Spenley. Watch it. Take a break from the anime. Watch some Kyle Chandler. I will. I will. It's on the list. I'm, big, I'm currently big looking Big Neon at Genesis Evangelion guy right here just letting it, letting it out. Anyway. <laughs> I'm, lo- I'm looking at his IMDb because I'm trying to think of other things he's been in. Like, I've seen these movies. I just, like, Wolf of Wall Street, I know he was in. I've seen uh, First Man. He was in Godzilla, the first one. Like, I don't know if any of the other performances stick out. Manchester by the Sea, maybe that's the one. I actually haven't seen Manchester by the Sea. It's that's one I haven't seen. It's crushing. It's crushing. If you're not in, like, a really sad mood, like, that, that will get you there. It is genuinely one of the more crushing movies I've seen. Bentley, I'm a Met fan. I'm always in a sad mood. I, I'm, I'm always ready. <laughs> Watch it before the season. They get it over with. <laughs> Spenley, thank you so much for coming on. You can follow Spenley on Twitter. I don't know your actual ad. I should probably have it right now. <laughs> Matt Spenley. Oh, there you go. L-E-Y. I didn't know if there was underscore or not. Sometimes that does happen. And you're working at SNY. You can follow me on Twitter at O'Reilly. You can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Breaking. We'll be back next week with another rep. Well, we'll be back later this week with BSBOT. But we'll be back with the flagship show next week. Love you guys. Bye. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.